You're listening to the Arctic Circle podcast. In this episode, we listen to Her Excellency Katrin Jakobsdóttir, Prime Minister of Iceland, speak on climate change and global challenges. This event originally took place at the 2023 Arctic Circle Assembly. Ministers, Excellencies, dear friends, once again we gather here in Harpa at this very unique platform, the Arctic Circle, uh, a democratic platform where politicians, policymakers, academics, practitioners, business people, students, practically everyone which is interested in the Arctic gather and have a fruitful dialogue for several days. And I can tell you, I was here actually at the Arctic Circle in 2015, just before the famous Paris summit on climate. And Francois Hollande came here and spoke to us, and it was actually great to be participating in this moment of hope and optimism when it comes to climate. The Paris Agreement was an agreement that was a global achievement, but now we have another challenge ahead of us, which is the next COP and what is going to happen here. And I do hope that the liberations and discussions here at the Arctic Circle will serve us to prepare for that COP so it actually can achieve meaningful results for the globe. The Arctic's significance lies in its far-reaching influence around the globe. And by the same token, the progress and the well-being of the Arctic region are intertwined with global development. And sadly, the state of world affairs is becoming more and more serious every day. Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine was not only catastrophic in itself, but also set a dangerous precedent in international relations. It's a violation of international order and an outright invitation to chaos and lawlessness. The terrible events that are unfolding in front of us in Israel and Palestine right now serves as another stark reminder of the cascading cycle of war and conflict. And we all know that ultimately, war and conflict is always going to hurt innocent people the most. Currently, there are 70 ongoing conflicts around the world, which shows us the constant need for peaceful solutions. It's always essential to safeguard and promote peace, arms control and disarmament, and also here in the Arctic. But at the same time, we see the growing numbers of conflicts in the world. We have also been going through a year of climate disasters. We no longer find ourselves in an era of global warming, but in a period of global boiling, as UN Secretary General Guterres has rightly pointed out. This summer, the island of Maui turned into a hellish inferno. The desert city of Derna was the victim to a catastrophic flood, costing thousands of lives. Global sea surface temperatures are at record highs. The sea ice around Antarctica is at an all-time low. And here in the Arctic, the ice cap and glaciers continue to melt. We know that the climate change is happening at a much faster pace here in the Arctic than many other parts of the world. And according to a new report from the Icelandic Scientific Committee on Climate Change that was launched yesterday, glaciers in Iceland have retreated and lost 19% of their area since they reached their maximum size at the end of the 19th century. Several glaciers have already disappeared. Calculations based on climate change scenarios indicate that even 
if the Paris Agreement holds, the glaciers in Iceland will still lose 40 to 50% of their area. And nonetheless, we are witnessing a concerning climate backlash, not only with populist political fractions dismissing climate science, but also several political forces suggesting that we should move slower. I think this really underscores the pressing need for a clear message about the urgency and importance of phasing out fossil fuels at COP28 in December. It is a vital thing for the globe that the COP will be a success. And that in times of conflict, in times where we see a systematic erosion of fundamental human rights, we know that's going to be a challenge. But Iceland will continue to do our bit, and it's essential that the rest of the world, all the countries around the world, but not only countries, but also businesses, all the big foundations around the world will do their bit. Because as I mentioned, there is a third alarming trend, which is the systematic erosion of fundamental human rights. I could mention the situation of women's rights in Afghanistan and Iran, where gender persecution and gender apartheid are a somber reality. And this aligns with a troubling fact, which is so clear in my mind after having been in New York at the UN General Assembly, that the SDG 5 on achieving gender equality is progressing so slowly that according to estimates, it will take 300 years to ensure equal rights between women and men. Now, if we think, what was the year 300 years ago? Well, 1723. Are we going to wait for another 300 years to reach gender equality? Is that acceptable for us as a world? My answer is very clear. It's not acceptable. And gender equality is also key to meaningful climate action. We all know that because if we want meaningful climate action, we need to tackle gender inequality. We need to tackle hunger and poverty, which remain prevalent in many parts of the world, creating social unrest, forced migration, and a fertile ground for authoritarian rule. So when we talk about meaningful climate action, we cannot just talk about the environment. We need to talk about all of the SDGs that must be really the key outcome for next year's Summit of the Future. We need to see acceleration of all the SDGs. But all of this has a huge significance for the Arctic. And the good news is that a region like the Arctic can serve as a model, as a model for effective multilateralism, scientific research, environmental protection, responsible use of resources, and sustainable development with the Arctic Council at its core. The Arctic should be an area where low tension and high situational awareness go hand in hand. It should be and can be a region of peace and prosperity. And to achieve this, Arctic cooperation must continue to build on the norms and values anchored in international law. We need not agree on everything, and we will not agree on everything. But we must resolve our differences in a respectful, rules-based, and above all, peaceful manner. Ten years ago, 
we would not have foreseen a large-scale war erupting in Europe. We did not anticipate the undermining of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, both within democracies and in the face of growing autocracies. We certainly did not imagine that women's rights could be rolled back many places in the world, including mature democracies. And 10 years ago, this great platform was actually founded. So many things have happened. The challenges are big, but we have a collective mission, which continues, which involves maintaining peace and security, ensuring meaningful climate action and environmental protection, strengthening research and scientific collaboration, facilitating mutually beneficial business development, digital opportunities, and people-to-people contacts, and guaranteeing gender equality, health, and well-being. This is our collective task in the Arctic. I look forward to our fruitful and meaningful deliberations here at this platform, which is important because we really need to open up the dialogue on climate action, not least here in the Arctic, and give everybody the, the voice to influence the outcomes It is of vital importance for all of us, not just all of us here, but the whole of humankind, that these outcomes will be beneficial for our planet and for mankind. So thank you all. I wish you great days ahead.